Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, The Fab. Fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the uh, titillating, torrid... Sick Tyler Dean. Sick Tyler Dean. Yeah, you you sound like ass. Yeah. You're a little plugged up there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's that retrograde uh, ejaculation. That, that That's what it was. <laughs> it is, is that what goes on? And you, and, and you yell at me for saying things on the air. <laughs> but I at least I use, like, not vulgar terms. Okay, I use scientific fair. terms. Fair. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was fair. Um, like Like, if you were, you know... Uh, a homosexual, I'd call you a penis enthusiast. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, welcome to the Outside Blitz, folks. And uh, we've got ourselves a uh, magnificent week. Got the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Super excited about it. Um, and uh, yeah, man, Super Bowl Sunday, always a good time. Uh, I'm going to be making uh, layer dip. I'm going to be making meatballs. I'm be doing all kinds of good stuff. So I'm stoked. <laughs> layer dip, meatballs. What else we got going on? Bagel bites. I'm surprised you're not doing your uh, pigs in a blanket. Doing that. Um, corned beef. No, no, corned beef. We're going to be having that in, in about a month for for St. Patty's Day. Um, you know, if if I didn't have the kids, I'd be going out for St. Patrick's Day. If right. I didn't have the kids, but because we have the kids, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to make corned beef and cabbage. I'm going to do some drinking. Um, I'm going to relax and, and sit on the couch and and really just cook. You know, a, a nice boiled Irish dinner. Now for Super Bowl Sunday, though. I mean, it's a layer dip all day. That's good stuff. I feel like uh, I've had bad luck the last couple of years in the Super Bowl. Why? A couple of years ago, I, uh, that's when I got my kidney stone because we were supposed to hang out with Super Bowl. So oh, I in yeah. the hospital. Yeah, you were in you were in dire straits that that year. Yeah, that was ba- that was yeah, a bad that time. Was, that was that was uh, just a little bit for the wedding and a little bit before the yeah. national party and yeah, you were you were. I, I remember you were supposed to come over and hang out, and man, you were like groaning in pain over the phone. It was like you was like you were like in labor. Yeah. It was bad. Um, no, we we uh, had ourselves a a, um, a a very boring week in football. Really, it was a boring week in football. Yeah, we it's had Pro the, Bowl week. What do yeah, you we had the the stupid Pro Bowl. I'm so mad about the Pro Bowl. I was expecting something a little more entertaining. Instead, what we got was 26 to seven AFC over NFC. Woo! AFC's better. Suck and, it. Yeah, and they're undefeated this year. Um, according to the NFL website, well, actually, it's kind of funny. According to NFL.com, they're they're both teams have not won a football game, even though the the AFC clearly won that football game. So um, there's well, that because it's, it's not it wasn't really a football game. Yeah, it was, no, uh, it, it turned into two hand touch. touch play yeah. ball. Yeah, they they were. I mean, nobody was fighting for yards. I mean, like eventually they're going to have to make this Pro Bowl worth something, or I just mean, get rid of it. Yeah, no, nobody's going to like the fans look so unenthused. I mean, and and I don't blame them. I was unenthused. Shoot, I was just annoyed and irritated watching it. I was I was at the gym, and uh, while I was at the gym watching it, it was just like, what is happening? You know, like like why is nobody showing any effort? Why is nobody playing? Why is nobody working for this thing? Just nothing. Just absolutely nothing. Um, nobody cared. Nobody friggin' cared. It was it was the most obnoxiously annoying, just <coughs> waste of time football game I've ever seen in my entire life. I'd I, at this point I'd, I'd rather just get the uh, 
Um, and this year it would have been the Chiefs versus the Saints. Yeah. Give us a consolation game. Yeah, why not? Um, during the game, I mean, I'll, I'll go over the stats like they matter. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 7 for 14, 156. He had a touchdown to Sean Watson, 7 for 15, 128, and a touchdown and a pick. Um, Andrew Luck, 7 for 17, 81 yards and an interception. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he had two carries for 24 yards. That was your big runner of the day. Anthony Sherman had four carries for 11 yards and a TD. Uh, Keenan Allen actually kind of showed up. Four receptions, 95 yards. He did try to do a nice little like lateral for shits and giggles. That was a good time. Uh, four receptions, 95 yards. Anthony Sherman, three receptions for 92 yards. Jared Cook, three for 71. James Conner had three for 94. That was on the AFC side. On the NFC side of things, Russell Wilson, five for eight for 68 yards. Dak Prescott, four for 11 for 45 yards and a touchdown. Mitchell Trubisky, 5 for 9 for 34 and a pick. And uh, Adam Thielen, my boy, he threw a pass. He didn't complete it, but he threw a pass, and it was kind of entertaining. Uh, Zeke had three measly carries in this game for 33 yards. Saquon was 2 for 10. Um, And uh, Devontae Adams, two receptions for 41 yards. George Kittle, 5 for 39. Austin Hooper had 1 for 20 and a touchdown. And Adam Thielen had 2 for 18. Zeke also had 2 for 14. The highlight of this whole football weekend was actually the game beforehand. Your boy, uh, Adam Thielen, can throw a ball. Yeah, he can throw a ball. And and one of the, the, I mean, I wouldn't call it a highlight, one of the things that got a little nerve-wracking, actually there was an injury during this game. During two-hand touch football, there was an injury. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did injure his knee, uh, and, and he appears to be okay. He, he hurt his knee, though, came off the field, um, and he appears to be okay. I, like I said, this is a waste of time, the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was a waste of time. I think it's stupid. I wish it was worth something, you know, home field advantage or, or something or another. I, I just they, they got to figure something out. And um, Winning conference automatically gets 1 through 15. <laughs> I, man, that... That would be something to play for. I, I mean, no, it's just got to be worth something. You got to give these guys something. You got to give them something to play for, something to worry about, something to think about. Um, you know, it's not even for charity at this point. You know, people just buy the tickets, and, and the fans just look like they're they're bored as sin sitting out there. I remember when the Pro Bowl meant something to these players, and everybody would play in the Pro Bowl, and it was fun, and they they wouldn't two hand touch it. And look, I get it. You don't want to get injured. I get it. You don't want to, you know, be hurt going into next season. You still got, you know, what, what is it, eight months now till the next season or seven months. You know, I understand. Same time, it's like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? Play some ball. Have, you know, show some balls. Show some guts. You know, these guys, I mean, it's just annoying to me. Maybe maybe that's just me. I, I, I get that they don't want to get hurt, but Christ almighty. Um... Jamal Adams, Patrick Mahomes are, are the headliners of that game, though. They lead the AFC to victory. Jamal Adams gets the game ball. Um, he was the MVP of the Pro Bowl. So uh, there's that snooze fest. Cool. How'd that make you feel on the inside? That, I feel no different. You made me, it makes you feel a little dead on the inside, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, now, the big one that we're, we're focused on, the one we're excited about, um, we're, we're we're talking Super Bowl, Tyler. We got we got Rams and Patriots coming up this upcoming Sunday. Super stoked about it. It's gonna be a fun game. Uh, Madden did do its prediction for the Super Bowl, and it's got the Patriots going over. What else is new? Uh, Patriots yeah. to beat the Rams by and and it was not a. It, I mean, it was it, it wasn't like one of those games where it's like, oh hey, we're gonna we're gonna beat the Rams by seven. I mean, they had the Patriots winning that game by twenty plus. 
It's also the first Super Bowl in six seasons where there's no number one seed participating. Yeah, yeah, we got both the number two seeds. First Super Bowl in six seasons with the out in number one. So, I mean, that that's kind of exciting, I guess. Kind of, in a way, maybe. Yeah. Um, it's just annoying to see the Patriots there again, as as the norm, as is the norm. Um, their last meeting, Patriots beat them 26-10. That was back in 2016, so December 4th. So we're talking two years ago, and that's when, when the Rams were kind of poop. And that that, yeah. that was golf's first year, which was a very rough year for, mm-hmm. for him. That was that was the the Jeff, last Jeff Fisher year. Yes, which, which was bad. Um, nobody likes Jeff Fisher. Uh, so Tyler, you know, let, let's get down to business. Um, here's our Super Bowl prediction. Well, at this point, I have it. I have it. All, I have it. One in the bag at this point. I'm up yeah, to yeah, two, it's so one. it doesn't it's matter. One. But you know what? At this point. I I I I'd be stupid not to go go just see it through at this point. Mm-hmm. Can you agree on that? Yeah. I mean, this is my preseason Super Bowl vote. I gotta go with it through and through. I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rams as well. I I think um, the Patriots have played really good ball. They're on this hot streak right now, which is kind of exciting. I think the hot streak ends against LA. I, I think it's finally gonna just kind of come to an end. Jared Goff's gonna settle down. Um, and this is gonna be fun. We're gonna have a lot of fun. This defense that, um, as as I quote you saying, saying has been quietly bad this season. Mm-hmm. Um, his last cu- last couple weeks has actually been quietly good. Yeah. Since the return of a certain veteran cornerback. Yeah, and uh, Akib Talib has brought a, um, a a degree of stability to a secondary that has suffered having uh, Marcus Peters as their number one. And that's not a shot on Marcus Peters, but you know, let's just face the fact. I mean, can we? Can we say finally that he is not um, Akib Talib? Oh, not, 100%. He's nowhere near the caliber of Akib Talib. And, and Marcus Peters is fast. Uh, he, he's good in coverage. I mean, shoot, when we play, when I played him in Madden our first season, man, he picked me off five times. He broke the, the, the inter- single-game interception record. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is um, you know, Akib Talib is, is far superior as a corner. And uh, Marcus Peters, well, well, he he did his job sort of. Um, he's just not as he's not as seasoned as as Akib Talib is, and and I don't think he's a number one corner. I really don't. And, and I think the Rams defense could very well shut down this Patriots offense that has been wildly good for the last two weeks. I mean, this yes. offense has been methodical. They've been driving downfield. And that's not to say that Tom Brady and, and company can't do what they do. Um, and and we got to remember they have a lot of zebras in their back pocket too. You know we got to remember that it's Tom Brady still at the end of the day it's Tom Brady it's the Patriots. Uh, you know the zebras love Tom Brady. You know they love the New England Patriots. You know they like to give them all the concessions. Um, it's just a fact. Am I right? Yes and no. Um, as much, I agree with you for the most part, but. I will give I will give Brady two Super Bowls that the, the, he actually did go out and win. Yeah, last season oh, yeah. in particular, and then the one against Seattle in particular as well. Well, last season he didn't win. No, the Eagles won. You said last. Oh season. yeah, this um, the Atlanta two, year two seasons yes. ago. Yes, yes. Um, and and uh, that was Atlanta's game to lose. I mean, oh yeah, Atlanta's game. To Atlanta lose. they screwed that one up. Yeah, they failed. They failed miserably. Um, got a little too comfortable with a twenty-eight to three lead. But despite all the stuff that come with the Patriots. Tom Brady is still, um, no matter which side of the ball you are, and if and if he's a cheater or not, 
the end of the day, Tom Brady's still one of the absolute greats. Yeah. You'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be dumb to argue against that. It's no, like, no. I, you I got to go to this game knowing you're playing Tom Brady. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the greats, and and uh, it's going to be a big one. He's he's been he's one of the biggest. Fa- he's probably the biggest factor in this entire game. Hundred percent. What what can Tom Brady do? Can he get away from Aaron Donald? Can the the New England Patriots, um, uh, you know, shut? I mean, will tear up Akib Talib? Can Akib Talib shut down Julian Edelman? I mean, there's there's a lot of factors there, and we got to remember, like the Patriots, they Julian Edelman is not. You know, I've heard all this talk about Julian Edelman possibly being a, a Hall of Fame receiver. Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Fame receiver. He's not. But I Julian, agree. but Julian Edelman this year, Christ all Friday, that this guy has been just. Outlandishly good throughout the Super Bowl or throughout these playoffs. I mean, I've watched really this season. Yeah, he he's been catching passes and and I mean, like he'll be short of the first down markers, but geez, oh, Pete's man, he makes sure that he's plowing through the line. He's breaking tackles. He's pushing guys back. He puts that shoulder down and really drives. I mean, Julian Edelman to me has probably been one of the most impressive uh, players in the playoffs this year. He's he's just been outstanding. Um, and he's using that big frame to, to gain extra yards and fight for yards. It's been something interesting. Is he a Hall of Fame player? No. But, man, he's been impressive recently. And i, I got to say, I, I really like what Julian, Julian Edelman's been doing. Um, we got to remember they got James White over there with New England. James White's going to be a big factor. They're going to have to make sure that um, uh, they, they watch those underneath routes. It's, it's going to be a lot of that, watching James White. And then the other, you're going to have to stop Sony Michelle who has just been ridiculous. I mean, yeah. This guy's been a touchdown machine. He's been a touchdown magnet. Um, it's been fun to watch Sony Michelle in the playoffs because, I mean, the, the guy is, I mean, he's got a nose for the end zone, and, and you know, he, he's a big one cut back. I mean, we're, we're sitting here right now, and they're, they're showing highlights of the um, Chiefs-Patriots game, and we're seeing these one cuts where he's just making a move and and the the kicker is is that you got a big offensive or big defensive line there for for the Rams and you've got um you know guys like obviously Aaron Donald but you also have Dominican Sue up front um a lot of a lot of you know you got Brockers on the end you know you you've got some big bodied guys plus you got Fowler you know rushing he's an edge rusher now they're not he's not doing linebacker duties right now he's just been rushing a quarterback that's all he's been doing he's been like the, their their poor man's Khalil Mack. So uh, to watch, um, you know, Sony Michelle, he's gonna he's gonna have his work cut out for him against a really tough front uh, front seven, really. Yeah, and but, particularly with with Donald and Sue. Yeah, those those four the the four between Brockers, Donald, Sue, and Fowler. It's gonna make for a very very interesting time. But I'm going Rams. I think uh, Jared Goff, and, and a lot of it also depends on the play of Jared Goff. He's gonna really have to. To figure out the Bill Belichick secondary, he's a young quarterback. We got to remember he's still a young guy. Yes, he's a real, real young quarterback in a Super Bowl situation. It's it's going to make for for a fun time. Um, Tyler, favorite Super Bowl food? I got to know. Favorite Super Bowl food? Yep. Jeez, um, favorite Super Bowl food? Man, because you, I, I, I like my sandwiches. I got to go with a good nice sloppy Joe. You like sloppy Joes for the Super Bowl? That's that's not a bad choice. That's not a bad choice at all. Because um, with Super Bowl food, especially you get a lot of people over, you need something that you can make in the masses and quick, and that's something yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's that's a good go-to. Meatballs are always a good one too. Me- meatballs are good. I, I like to do them with the the grape jelly. You know, we've been making those ever since you, you taught us that. Oh one. yeah, you take a 
big 32 ounce jar of grape jelly and put it in there with the two the two bottles of the chili sauce, the Heinz chili sauce, and you very good whisk it all together and you put it on some frozen meatballs in the crock pot and just set it and forget it. Hell yeah, Gordon's meatballs. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You, well, you can get it. You don't have to make them Gordon's. I mean, we we go to Walmart. Yeah, but well, Gordon's are really good. Yeah, Gordon's Gordon's are really really good. They got they got those big bags. Yeah, those are exciting. That's why I say Gordon's because you can get yeah. them in the masses. Yeah, I I also like my layer dip. I do the the layer dip for the the beans and the sour cream and the cheese and the tomato and all that jazz. I like doing that. And then the pigs in the blanket. So a lot of people do the pigs in the blanket with bacon. I like to do them with the the biscuit dough. Put them in the oven, cook them out. That's a good stuff. That sounds good too. <laughs> That's a good good. <laughs> um, I like to do that, and then um, obviously the old school bagel bites. Yeah, those are always a winner. Other than that, or I'll order pizza. You know, ordering the, the pizza is always a good one. That, that big pizza, you know, the, that big pizza from Tormina's down the road. Oh, and then, then at the end of the night, if you run out of food, you still got an overtime to do. Yeah, that, a bag of pizza rolls. Yeah, yeah, buddy, that's it. Pizza rolls with garlic salt. Yeah, garlic yeah, salt. Try really? it. No, really? you can put garlic salt in anything. Well, I mean, I put garlic salt on like my broccoli because I'm doing this whole clean eating. But try, try, try the garlic salt and pizza rolls. Oh geez, oh geez, it's getting ridiculous. Um, so on steak. I feel like I'm out of Forrest Gump right now with the talking about shrimp, <laughs> <laughs> shrimp soup, shrimp Creole. Um, so Tyler, we got some, uh, we got some news around the NFL, man. We got some stuff going on. A lot of Super Bowl news, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with the two teams, which, which are a good time. We had some signings going on. Um, we got, uh, but you know what, before we, we get into that, because we, we are on Super Bowl talk right now. Um, I'm going to get, uh, Tyler, it's, it, we're going to go into your favorite segment. Okay. We're going to go into your favorite segment. We're going to go into it. Um, now that we're talking about Super Bowl time, um, favorite segment is, uh, none other than Tyler's top 10. Tyler's top 10. And we're, uh, in Super Bowl week, man. Yeah, last week we uh, focused on the Patriots. Yes. So this week you had another tough week. Yeah, I did. Going to the Rams. You know, it was tough, but the Rams, believe it or not, the Rams have an embarrassment of riches. Yes. They, they really do. And and people, you know, even though the Rams have kind of regressed from where they were at the beginning of the year, they have this, this like I said, embarrassment of riches. Well, where, what it is, they lacked, a, they lacked a defensive leader, and now he's back. Well, they lacked it. Well, I, I mean, maybe. Maybe, but they, they do have an embarrassment of riches here. Uh, they have some great, great players, particularly, I mean, on paper, they've got a lot of great players on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I'm I'm assuming that you're probably going to be putting in a lot of those high-powered offensive guys. Um, so. Well, it, with the Rams, I, I wanted to put a lot of defense. But in this case, Super Bowl, the offense is going to have to compete. It's going to be offense versus offense. It's going to have to be. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted to put a lot of defense, but... At the end of the day, um, Rams offense is going to have to keep up with with Patriots offense. Yeah, they are. It's that's what it comes down to. I mean, and, and, and at the end of the day, we're talking about impact players and kind of we're kind of predicting that. So it, yeah, I feel like I, I you ha- kind of had to go offense because it's it's going to be that type of game. The impact players and uh, Tyler. I mean, Tyler's top ten. Here we go. What do you got? I got five honorables. No, I'm kidding. Oh, Jesus. I don't even know if that's possible at this point. <laughs> I don't even know. You look at all twenty-two starters. Yeah, yeah, you're you're just. I mean, at this point, you're like digging into practice squad guys. To... And... Yeah, so and so's going to come off the bench. My God, number ten. Um, it was weird for me to put this one on here, but I, I felt like because of what he's done this season, it could come in handy in the Super Bowl. That's Johnny Hecker. 
Yeah, the punting Johnny. Johnny by far the the best punter in the league right now. Yep, we've we've seen punters do amazing things in Super Bowls, haven't we? I mean, we yeah, we we. I mean, you you know, your punter, uh, uh, the last minute or the last thirty seconds of a Super Bowl took a snap for a punt and stood there in the back of the end zone, just waiting for for the opposing team to come plowing through, and he ran and he burned the clock. To make sure that the other team had no chance of scoring any points. He, and he ran around. So, I mean, punters, every player matters. Every inch matters when it comes to the Super Bowl. And, and Johnny Hecker right now, I mean, with the fake punt, you know, last week in the, the NFC title game, making that great pass to Sam Shields. Oh, yeah. Great pass. Um, Johnny Hecker, I, I, he's going to be a factor. When it comes to Sean McVay, him and, and Sean Payton are very, very much the same. Sean McVay likes to make weird players come out on top, and and this could be a very tough, uh, very interesting situation. And in the case where the Rams are going to have to start punting the ball because um, they 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 have a slow start. Yeah. What could they, what they could benefit from is Johnny Hecker having Brady have to have to march ninety ninety five yards on the on the field. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. That's a, that's a long way to go, even for uh, for a veteran future Hall of Famer. He's got a a tremendous leg. And um, his his accuracy when making those kicks um, is is bar none. I mean, I, I think the only other guy that that I, I could compare him to is the punter for the Ravens. Right? Yeah, I was going to say because and because the punter for the Ravens is another reason why they started kind of coming back in that game because near the in the second half the Chargers were headed to head those long drives. Yep, they were eight nine plays in and nine at the fifty yet, and, mm-hmm. and they were starting to slow down and give the Ravens that chance. Yeah, the the these punters um, Hecker is very good doing the same thing uh, in in. Kicking that ball and pinning them deep in that ten yard line. It, it, it can add three to five more plays to a team's drive and really slow you down. Yeah, it's interesting, especially if you're inside your five. You're, 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 that changes the offense's playbook completely. Yep, and the guy can throw. That's the thing. The guy can throw, and he can throw accurately. He's very calm standing there yeah, making that was a beautiful passes. Pass. Yeah, making those passes. Sam Shield. It was a beautiful pass, beautiful catch. I, absolutely, I, I agree that that he's going to be a factor, and, and we always find these kickers and punters. That wind up being factors in Super Bowl. It just happens. It always happens that way. If the if the Rams are down and they have the punt and, and it's and it's less than a fourth and five and it's like a one score game, Hecker will be faking it. Oh yeah, he will. And and it's going to require the Patriots to drop men into coverage. You know, and and I, I think they're they're going to kind of knowing if I knew Sean McVay, if I was him, I would be setting up option plays. I will. I really would. And even if they don't end up passing, it's gonna it's just it's gonna increase the chance of of a of a of a, blo- of a punt not being blocked if right. Patriots are forced people in coverage. Right. So I mean, it, Johnny Hecker makes things interesting. He really does. Yes, so he I, does. I agree with you. That that's a, a good choice right there. Weird to make him in the top to for him to be placed in the top ten, but not so weird when you think about the situation. I think Hecker would be, would be really the only guy that, and only punter if any teams in the Super Bowl that, that I would be putting in the top ten. Absolutely. And maybe Cook, but I think yeah. Ravens have more more playmakers where he'd fall out of that. Yeah. Particularly on defense. Right. Um, number nine, Greg Zerline. Yep. Um, barring this injury of his, um, Zerline is like we talked about last week with Goskowski. You talk about a top five kickers in the league. Gaskowski and, and Zerliner are, are there. Zerline, uh, he says he's dealing with a foot strain. Apparently he's been dealing with it for a while, though, since since even before the NFC title game. 
And remember, he did get hurt early um, earlier in the season and missed yep. some game, missed a lot of games. Yep, and uh, you know he's he's a big factor. He's got that that I mean, obviously he kicked a, a monster fifty seven yarder. Greg the leg Zerline, um, the guy is he's one of the best kickers in the league, bar none, and and uh, he's one of the most underrated kickers in the league. And now he's got a shot to play in the Super Bowl, which is exciting. Um, I wouldn't say underrated. I mean, during his rookie year, he's already he already got the nickname of Greg the Leg. Well, I, I think he's. I, I don't think people are often talking about Greg Zerline as much as they should be. Zerline is his is his accuracy up there with like uh, Gaskowski and Tucker? No, mm-hmm. he's kind of the uh, new new era. Um, Janikowski, in a way, because Janikowski's accuracy has never been great. I mean, Zerline, Janikowski's accuracy was trash. I mean, that's <laughs> that's. I mean, Greg Greg Zerline at, at least had. I mean, he right now is is almost like the the type of kicker. I mean, he he actually had a, a decent year. I mean, he was twenty seven for thirty one. I mean, that's that's not bad. Eighty seven percent accuracy. I mean, he only missed four field goals. That's, I mean, he had himself a good year. And and uh, to me, I think Zerline is kind of that that new kicker. Um, he's going to have himself a long tenure here. You're going to see this guy go for another 9, 10, 11 years. Honestly, I think he's he's like, you know, those kickers we, we always talk about. We talk about those kickers back in the 90s, the Stovers and the Vinatieri. Your, your, your new era of kickers, right now, you're, if you're talking new era you're talking Zerline, Tucker, and Lutz. Yeah, yep, and because Lutz is young, young Lutz too. is young too. Yeah, I, these these are guys that are going to be you know that can that have that perfect combination of of leg strength and accuracy. And I think Greg Zerline is one of those guys. Guys like Lutz are 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 there. there there's kickers like that in and, this league still that are kind of reemerging. And you'll you'll see you'll see these 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 all time kickers. You'll see them miss field goals, and we because we, we got to look at with what we got to look at is what types of misses he had. Because uh, like take Tucker for example, he had two blocks, mm-hmm. and then one of his he attempted a sixty-five yard attempt at the halftime. Right, you can't hold those against someone. No, it's like a, it's a, hey, let's try for the record, and if we miss it, who cares? Right, and and um, you know one of them, one of his kicks. I mean, he missed. He went, and that's the thing. Here's here's one. He misses a kick against the Raiders. His long was 55 yards against the Raiders. Um, he missed one against the Raiders in Week One, and but he went four for five in the game. So am I really going to am I going to rip the guy apart about it? You know, he he did go two for one against the Cardinals, but his little one was 21 yards. I mean, who knows what the other one was? I mean, that's a, that's a very good point to make. I like Greg Zerline. Um, they call him Greg the Leg Zerline. They call him Legatron, Young Jeezy. Because um, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, yeah, certain kickers you kind of have, to have this expectation they're going to make fifty yarders. Yeah. But still, at the end of the day, a fifty yarder is still kind of a fifty-fifty play. Yeah, and and Greg Zerline, I mean, like I said, he's one of the better kickers in the league. I I like Greg Zerline, and I think he's going to make a big, big impact in this game. Um, we've seen how how he is in clutch moments, and he knocks him out in those clutch moments. He could be a, the he could very well be the X factor in this game when it comes to finally putting the game away. So I mean, and and throughout his career, if you look at Zerline, I mean, his accuracy, you know, other than that year in 2012, which was rough, and he did also have a rough year in 2015. If you look at like the rest of his career, 92 percent, 80 percent, 86 career high last season, 2017. Yep, 2017, he had 95 percent of his kicks. He only missed two. 
I mean, the guy, he's, he's on the upswing right now. I like Griggs Erlein. He's good in clutch moments. Uh, I agree with this pick wholeheartedly, no doubt, even with the foot strength. Oh, yeah. Number eight, Brandon Cooks. This offense is going to have to is going to have to be firing all all cylinders if they're going to compete and, and win this game. And Brandon Cooks is going to be a big factor. Cooks is going to be a factor as you know. Here's the thing: as the number two receiver, um, he won't be covered by Devin McCourty, which is which is a big deal. And that means that Robert Woods is going to be covered by Devin McCourty. And Robert Woods has always had a problem being covered by Devin McCourty, especially when he was with Buffalo. Um, McCourty is uh, going to be on Woods. That means Brandon Cooks is probably going to be the first look a lot of times for Jared Goff. Cooks is a speedster. He is a, you know, Woods is the guy that, that gets the catches over the middle. Cooks is the the uh, deep ball guy. Yes. So it's going to require Jared Goff to fire the ball um, deep, or it's going to require the Rams to allow Cooks to take those uh, passes over the middle and, and give him an opportunity to play in the slot a little bit. So he's going to have to make catches in traffic. Um, I agree with you. Cooks is going to be a huge, huge factor. Actually, I would probably put him up higher on the list at this point, knowing that Woods is going to be faced off with a guy like Devin McCourty. And that's fair. Yeah. But I, th I think Woods is going to find a way to get open. He he is still uh, the uh, the uh, safety valve for for uh, Goff. And yep. I, I think it's still going to be a big factor. Yep, he's basically taking the spot of Cooper Cup at this point. Um, and I think if Cooper Cup were, were on this team, we'd be we'd be having a different conversation when it comes to uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to group 8 and 7 together. I'm sorry, 7 and 6 together here because same position. Um, they run the 4-3. Um, I'm talking to Dominican Sue at 7 and Aaron Donald at 6. They're going to do everything they can to disrupt that line of, of the Patriots. Um, I'm surprised that you actually have the two of them, you know, even though they're together, I, I'm surprised you got the two of them as low as you do. Um, I think Aaron Donald's going to be a much bigger factor than we we realize. Um, Brady's going to be under pressure a lot. We know oh, yeah. that. We know that. Um, Brady's going to be under pressure. We we know that that um, Aaron Donald is going to be getting in there a lot. He's going to have his hands full. We talked last week a little bit about David Andrews, who I, I had on my Forgotten Five. Um, he's going to have his hands full a little bit with with David Andrews, but we got to remember this is, you know, the man. Aaron yep. Donald, you know, I mean, that that's what it is. He's the one of the best defensive linemen in the game. We have to understand that he's just him, and he's going to get in there, and Dominican Sue's going to get in there. Um, and even if he doesn't, the one thing, the one stat people don't look at is, because um, defensive tackles, especially the larger ones, run stops. typically don't get a lot of sacks. No. Um, run stops is up there, yep. but anytime two offensive linemen double-team you, you, that should be a stat point that you look at because right. you're, you're taking pressure off someone else to get in there. Right. Um, and, and, yeah, this this is going to be a big factor. Um, it's it's going to be a monster thing for, for them. Uh, Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue. Sue is going to – it's going to require one of them to, to make sacks and it's going to require one of them to stop runs. You know, that that's what – Exactly. You know, you, you still got to stop with Sony Michelle. I agree that they're going to be a huge factor for the Rams. Um, but one of them's got to focus on one thing, and one of them's got to kind of focus on the other, I think. Um, and Dominican Sue can do both. We know Aaron Donald can do both, but Aaron Donald is more proficient at sacking the quarterback, where Sue is more efficient at stopping runs. So it, it's going to be kind of an interesting little situation there uh, to see who does what, you know, going into this game for the two For of them. sure. Yeah. And, and how Sean McVay is going to make it work. Uh, you know, I think I think we'll get a good game plan. Yeah, it's possible. 
All right, top five. Number five, Robert Woods, as, as we yep. were kind of just talking yep. about. And he's going to be a good safety valve. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make plays even with having McCourty on him. He's, he's going to find his way to make plays. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll, you know, he's going to make plays in traffic. He's a big-body guy. He, he's good hands. Um, Robert Woods never got a fair shake in Buffalo. Um, so for him to be over with the Rams and, and doing what he does, um, he, he's been making a lot of catches in traffic for them. And he's really good in the – he's not as good as Cook's in the red zone, but he's still pretty good in the red zone. I like Robert Woods. I agree that he should. Um, I agree that he should be be on this team uh, or on and this on this list here. But uh, yeah, Woods um, is he going to be as big of a factor as Cooks? I don't know. I can't say because Cooks is going to be lined up against. Oh, you all right there? Yep. Jeez, I'm here. Tyler, he's got the hiv. Man, maybe That's what it is. Yep. No, uh, Woods is. I like I said. I don't think Woods is going to be as big as a factor as Cooks. Because Cooks is going to be lined up against the weaker defender and the younger defender, whereas Woods is going to be lined up against arguably one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever grace the league, in Devin McCourty. Um, and and Devin McCourty, you know, he's he just I, tears things up, man. He does. He tears it up. Got to love him. Um, even though he's on the Patriots, got to love him and and the way he plays and in the physical style of play. Um. Yeah, I, I can agree that Woods should be on this list. Like I said, though, Woods and Cooks, I don't know. I don't know which one's going to be a bigger factor on that uh, wide receiver core. And the thing is, though, I mean, those two have a way of um, it's always flip flops. Yeah, yeah, it, it um, switches up every it, now and then. So it really depends. The game can go really any way. Yeah, it can. Um, going number four, C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, he had a big game. Um, kind of come pick up the slack for, for Gurley's arguably one of his worst games ever played. Yeah. Um, T.J. Anderson is going to be a big factor, even even with Gurley being back to 100%. Um, you look back to the Dallas game, mm-hmm. um, Gurley and C.J. both had monster games. They're going to look to use this run game to uh, open things up for the pass game. The Patriots do not have good run-stopping ability. No. They don't. Um, and that's that is the major thing that bodes uh, well for the Rams. If you get Todd Gurley going, and if you get C.J. Anderson going, things get really interesting. Because and and we we saw it like when one doesn't do well, the other one does well. Sometimes they both do well. Yeah. But but uh, Gurley, you know, when Gurley was struggling, CJ or Gurley was hurt. CJ Anderson came rolling in and said, "I'm taking over." And and CJ Anderson turned into this. And and we were laughing. You and I were laughing a couple weeks ago. Oh man, look at all this weight that CJ Anderson put on. Man, he's like a bowling ball. He's using I mean, it. He's, he's throwing that weight he, around. He's made 31 other teams uh, regret letting him sit on free agency. Yeah, and, and the Rams know how to use him. Um, he's making a case for himself to get a contract. And, and like I said, he's like a big bowling ball right now. He's just coming through and knocking guys over. I mean, it's it's been an interesting thing to watch because Anderson, he wasn't like that in Denver. When he was in Denver, he was an elusive back. So watching Anderson now with the Rams and watching how he's just plowing into guys and throwing that weight around – I mean, the the guy is I mean just throwing hurting bombs no. all over the place. This has the potential of being a if they if they were to re-sign him, this could has the potential of being a more dangerous Kamara Ingram combo. I agree because Gurley's a better back than Kamara. Yeah, um, he is. And CJ has the capability of being just as good as Ingram. Would you compare it to like Warwick Dunn and and Mike Allstott? At that point, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I I think that would be a, a decent comparison, not not a perfect comparison because you can't. I mean, the two of them were just, I mean, insane together. But um, yeah, it's a little bit like that, and they're they're both doing good things. I mean, I have I have Gurley way above Dunn. Yeah, 
you, 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 there, there's no power back. I'm, I'm going to put over all stuff. No, no. Um, but and it, maybe the bus. But yeah, but it's it's not you know a compa- compar- comparable to it. I, I mean, no. the only the only other guy that comes to mind is maybe like Natron Means. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I know you probably don't even remember Natron Means. I'm not that young. Nah, you're a young guy. He's a young guy. He's only a baby. That was older Natron, than me. Natron means business. Um, so we, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, Anderson is going to be a huge factor in this game. If one doesn't get going, the other will. The Rams are going to have their work cut out for them stopping C.J. Anderson um, come Sunday. Well, the Patriots will have their. Or the, I'm sorry, the Patriots. Uh, why did I say the Rams? The Patriots will have their trouble stopping C.J. Anderson come Sunday. Number three, we were just talking about him in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Yep. He's uh, he had a rough game last week. Um, really had a hard time getting things going. But I, I think uh, Gurley is uh, one of those players that he he likes to be great. And so I, I really, I truly believe that um, he's uh, he's beat himself up enough over last week and is, and is ready to get himself back on track. Yeah, Gurley. Um, he he had a tough showing against uh, the Saints. Uh, I and every every great running back has their rough games. And yeah, no one can say they haven't. I mean, Barkley's had them. Um, Elliot's had him this year. It, it's it's there. It's just what it is. Yeah. The um, the Saints' run defense um, is something kind of interesting. Um, they they actually have a good front four, and their rushing defense was the second in the league. Damn near first. Yep. So I mean, we we have to understand that. Yeah, they did, and both of them really had a rough game. Anderson didn't. You know, he was better than Gurley, but he didn't have himself like a monster, monster game or anything like that. They were taking on the second-ranked rush defense in the league. So, I mean, can we can we really crap on it? And if you notice, though, even in the, the couple of drops that Gurley had, even though they, uh, they he was open in the process, um, if you look at the uh, two sec, three seconds before he got open, he was he was in physical um, push and shoves before he even got open. Yeah. So he even. He he's been he was he was playing playing physical and be, or being forced to play physical the entire game. Yeah, he had he had some uh, um, and the only problem and this is one of the problems I'm I'm kind of having with with Todd Gurley at the moment. Um, the last few games he's had, you know, he, he's an elusive back and that's his his bread and butter. He's not really a downhill bruising type of running back. We know that now. My problem with Todd Gurley is is um, and I know you you kind of disagree with me on it, but to me, you know, he, he's. He's built like Tarzan, and he plays like Jane. Um, I, I think that, that Todd Gurley isn't physical enough in the trenches to be. Uh, uh, I, I mean, he'll be great, but is he? he and then down the line, he's going to be considered great. But he's not that type of bruising back like C.J. Anderson is, and and I think that's causing teams to play him more physically and make him work for those those extra yardage. And, I, and I, I see your point at the same time, though he's he's proven he still can play physical. I mean, it's of the whole year he's had a, he's had a couple bad games. I think at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy who is going to challenge Falk for the best franchise running back. It's possible, and Dickerson at that. It, it's very possible. Um, and and Gurley, one thing about Todd Gurley right now is is he's got to get his hands right. I mean, we 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 did see whether or not he was playing physical or not. We saw Butterfingers Todd Gurley. Oh yeah, show for up. sure. And and Butterfinger Todd Gurley, you know, he he caused an interception in that game, a, yep. a pretty big one that could have. I mean, it, it it was early, and it cost it. It basically made it so that the the Saints took that drive and and brought it downfield at after that point and scored a touchdown on it. So I mean, Todd Gurley has to get his hands right first of all because he's a huge. We got to face that fact too. He's a huge fact, uh, a huge factor when it comes to. Uh, uh, 
Goff and his his throwing out of the backfield. Yes. You know, throwing the guys in the backfield and those underneath throws. Todd Gurley has become a huge thing in Sean McVay's scheme for that. But not only that, we also have to understand that Todd Gurley is the running back that, that you know, he should be the number one guy. He should be the guy, you know, putting up those rush yards. And and other than in the divisional round, he's failed to do that um, for several weeks now. So I want to see if Todd Gurley can step up to the to the, the plate there and, and step up to the line and, and friggin' just book it. I want him to be a factor. That's the thing. I want to be proven wrong by Todd Gurley. It's just a question of will he prove me wrong? Will he be able to run all over this Patriots defense that he should be running all over? It is yet to be seen. I, I think that's fair, but I think he gets back on track this week. And I hope so. I hope so for his sake. He better get back on track. If he's not, they lose his game. Yeah, that's the thing. He's got to get back on track. You have to. Number two, Aqib Tlaib. Yes. Who has got this defense back on track. If you believe, yes. if, you, if you didn't believe that one guy could uh, get defense back on track, I mean, look at the talent this defense has and how bad they've been. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're, they're, they're playing hard physical defense again. We were talking about Tlaib when he got ready to come back in the NFC title game. We, we said he was going to be a big factor. I had I believe I had him on my forgetting my forgotten five. Yep. And and we said he was going to be a big factor going to the NFC title game, and man was he ever. I mean, he was all over Michael Thomas. All over Michael Thomas. And did Michael Thomas get his plays? Yeah, that's to be expected. Michael Thomas is great. He's, he's gonna, gonna get his plays. He's gonna be great. But did did Michael Thomas perform the way that, that Michael Thomas normally does? No. Did he perform the way that he did in the divisional round? God no. God no, no. Um, you know, I I believe that that Akib Talib and, and I he'll probably be lined up like like I said with uh, Edelman, um, and if he is up against Edelman, we're gonna have ourselves a, a very um, fun time because because him and Edelman. Uh, it, but here's the kicker about the whole thing: Akib Talib is a ball hawk. He's not uh, um, an amazing. Uh, tackler. Am I wrong? No, you're right. He's not an amazing tackler. So when it comes to uh, uh, Aqib Tlaib, and when it comes to his ability to tackle, he's going to have to tackle Julian Edelman, who right now is just, I mean, dominating. And Tlaib is getting older. So yeah, he is getting older. They're going to have to get that help. They're going to have to get some some safety help for him. Um, Somebody's going to need to come up and... and, uh, you know, make a play and and tackle. Now look at it, look at the stats from the divisional round all the way to the NFC Championship game. Michael Thomas in the divisional round, how many yards did he put up? Thirty six. No, in the divisional round. In the divisional round. Oh, he had a, he had a, he had a field day. He had, he had a two hundred yard game. Yeah, and then here against the Saints, he, he put puts up thirty six. No touchdowns. Doesn't get anything in the end zone. So how big of a factor is it keep to leave at this point? A big one. Oh, huge factor. He's going to have to slow down Edelman, though. That's why he's my number two. Yep, and Edelman is, is he's the guy that, and you had Edelman on your top ten last week, and Edelman is one of those guys that's going to catch a ball underneath, and he's going to make a play with his legs. He's going to lower his shoulder. He's going to blast a, a corner, and he's going to make a play. He's going to play physical. Yeah, and that's and, and this is what Aqib Tlaib is going to have to do. He's going to have to play physical, and he's going to have to get in Julian Edelman's face. He's going to have to make tackles in the open field. He's going to have to get it done, and if he can't get it done, they're going to have to bring his safety up to help him. They're going to have to bring a linebacker over to help him. It's got to happen. Julian Edelman has been good for those passes over the middle. 
Mm-hmm. So you're going to see Aqib Tlaib lined up against Edelman, and he's going to have to stop him. That's a big, tough task right there for Aqib Tlaib. I agree. It, a lot of the, and that's why I'm happy you have him as number two and as high as you do, because he's a huge factor. His play, whether he plays good or bad, is going to be a huge factor in the Super Bowl and how it comes out. 100%. And number one, and this is another one where it's his play will be a huge factor in the outcome, Yep. and that's Jared Goff. Yeah, I figured it was him. It, Jared Goff's going to have to play good ball, um, relatively mistake-free ball, to keep himself to keep their, his team in this game. Goff is hit or miss. Um, he had himself an okay game uh, against the Saints. It wasn't an incredible game. He was twenty-five for forty, two ninety-seven, a touchdown, and interception. We got to understand when when your team becomes one-dimensional because that's what the Rams team became once the, yeah, they got behind early. Yeah, they got behind early, and that's what they became once the Saints. Um, uh, started shutting down that run game the way they did. Uh, the the Rams had to pass the football. I don't think that uh, when it comes to uh, the the Patriots, I don't think they have the ability to stop the run as effectively as the Saints do. And I, I believe firmly that the uh, um, if you can shut down that run game, then you're going to force Jared Goff to throw the ball. But that's the only way that the Patriots are really going to to truly uh, win this ball game. They're going to have to shut down C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. You got to shut down both. You got to shut down that run game. Yeah, because if, if you if you let the Rams stay in the game, golf is going to give the ball to Gurley and, and Anderson, as as proven in the game against Dallas. They got a Rams got ahead early and just allowed Gurley and Anderson just to cruise themselves. Into the, the game, yeah, and, and Jared Goff game manages what he's been doing for the second half of the season. Yep. Um, if you get him behind, he's gonna he's he's gonna be forced to the ball, and he threw the ball forty times, only connected twenty five. Yep. So I mean, Jared Goff, if he is he he's a good game manager right now. I, yes. I think, and and that's where we're at with him. And he, I mean, if you look at at his play and how he played against the Cowboys. 15 for 28, 186. Reminds me of Alex Smith and the Chiefs right now. Yep, and and Alex Smith with the Chiefs, I mean, he used to be able to hang the, hand the ball off and let a guy go ham. That's just what it was. Oh, here, let me just hand the ball off. And Alex Smith would put up 220, 230 yards, maybe a uh, touchdown or two, but he wasn't anything spectacular. But now you look at Jared Goff, and you're kind of seeing a similar thing. He's got two big-bodied running backs. One of them is like a bowling ball. The other guy is faster than hell. And and they they can run the ball effectively. They they if they get in the end zone, I mean, they're putting up points. He doesn't have to go and throw a million times. He doesn't have to throw the ball forty times. When Jared Goff throws the ball forty <coughs> times, that's where mistakes possibly, and I'll say possibly, could occur because you don't know what's going to happen with Jared Goff and what he's going to do. So, I I think Jared Goff, if if he steps up and plays the ball that Jared Goff was playing. At the beginning of the season, because we got to face the fact, Goff. I mean, he was all over your top ten early on in the season. I mean, yep. he had that four hundred game against the four hundred yard game against Minnesota. I mean, he he was all over the place. So I want to see if Jared Goff can be the 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 Super Bowl winning quarterback and be that same guy that we saw at the beginning of the season. Because if he is, the Rams will win this football game. Oh yeah, if he if he puts up four hundred yards, I think the Rams easily win this one. Yeah, yeah, easily. Now, um, Tyler. You made it difficult. You you didn't make this a fun couple of weeks for me, okay? But I did manage to put up a forgetful five, a forgotten five in this case. Um, I did manage to do it. So without any further ado, uh, here comes... Raytown's Forgotten Five! 
Freytown's Forgotten Five. And um, this one was actually harder than the Patriots one, believe Good. it or not. I like giving you believe a it or not, it was harder than the Patriots one. Um, but the Rams, uh, they, they, you got five players that, that uh, I think could be factors in this game. Um, and you, you, like I said, you didn't make this easy for me. You made it very difficult. It was tough. Um, but I will, uh, I will present you with my, my forgetful five or forgotten five in this case. Um, number five goes to Marcus Peters. Now we were just talking about him and how he's not a keep to lead, but we got to face the fact that he's still going to be lined up against Richardson. Yep. And Richardson over there with the Patriots is a beast when it comes to red zone receptions. He's a beast when it comes to, um, the deep ball. And it's going to require Marcus Peters to to face this young, fast, in-your-face type of receiver. And the guy is big. The guy is taller than hell. And Peters is going to have to compete against that. So um, with Tom Brady, he loves hitting Julian Edelman underneath. But when Tom Brady likes to throw that ball up, that guy can go get it. Marcus Peters is going to have to put an end to it. Uh, He's got to play physical, well, not too physical, to get get, get drawn the flag. Yep. So it's it's going to be a tough one. It really depends on how Marcus Peters plays, and we know Marcus Peters is a competitive guy. You know he's he's a, a uh, an angry guy, and he he does not like people saying that he's a bad football player. He's not. He's a very good football player. But um, is he a number one corner? Probably not. Is he a number two corner? Absolutely. Yes. He's a high end number two. Yeah, corner. absolutely. I agree. If with anything, that 100%. if anything, he's a bottom number one. He's like a bottom contender for a number one corner. Really, uh, Marcus Peters is great. This depends on how well Marcus Peters does. It really does. It, it depends on on how physical that he's going to play with Richardson there. And um, if he doesn't play physical with him, then he's in trouble. I mean, that's just the fact. If he doesn't play physical. He's in trouble. He's got to be able to get in his face. He's got to be able to hawk the ball. There's no way in hell um, that, it, and I, I don't, and Marcus Peters, like Aqib Tlaib, has trouble tackling. He's not a physical tackler. So he's going to have to play physical. He's going to have to learn how to tackle. And if not, they're going to have to get some safety help, which brings me to my number four. Um, the man who got the the interception of Drew Brees in overtime, Mr. John Johnson the third. Uh, the safety for uh, the Rams, he's going to have his work cut out for him trying to read one of the greatest of all time. <coughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and may have to also give a leave a hand if Edelman um, yep. gives, him, gives him a problem. Yeah, and John Johnson, uh, good in coverage. He got the interception um, from Breeze, and, and that, that ultimately gave the Rams the winning possession there um, in overtime. John Johnson is one of the best safeties in this league, bar none. Um, the guy is, he's an excellent tackler. He's, a, he's excellent when it comes to, to reading the quarterback. Um, he's still young, still a young guy. I think he's 25, 26 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a young guy. He's got, uh, got a lot of speed. He's, he's very in your face. He's in, and really, if you see the interviews with him, he's a nice guy, <laughs> really nice guy. I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. But, um, looking forward there, the, that's another thing that's going to be going on here is the mismatches that you're going to see. Um, we were talking about how Rob Gronkowski was on your top 10. John Johnson, a lot of times, is going to be matched up with big-bodied Rob Gronkowski. we yep. got to remember that Gronk is still a factor, whether, we, whether he's regressing, whether he's not the same Gronk, whatever. He's still one of Tom Brady's boys, and he's still a factor on this team. And he's going to be a factor because he's matched up with the safeties. And the safeties are going to be required to get in his face, 
The linebacker is going to be required to get in his face, and and I really believe that that um, you know John Johnson is going to be that guy that's going to be on him uh, moving into this game. So we're we're going to be looking at that. And John Johnson's not. I mean, there's not many guys in this league that are bigger than Rob Gronkowski. No, no, there's not. So so John Johnson is going to have to cover one of the biggest one of the biggest bodied tight ends in in this league and one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Um, so it's gonna be a tough challenge. It is. It's gonna be a tough one. Um, number three. Now you you talked about Sue. You talked about Donald, the unsung hero on that that defensive line that people don't seem to be talking about is Michael Brockers. Um, it's gonna have a big impact. Yeah, big impact. Uh, this guy, he is. Um, it, you know, it's not just two guys. You know, it's not just Donald and Sue. And even though Ndamukong and Sue, you know, let's face it, he's having one of the best runs of his career, and he's having a great playoff run. He's having a better playoff right now than I think Aaron Donald is. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald and Sue, yeah, they're factors, but Michael Brockers is still a fast-edge guy. He's still fast on that line, and that guy still disrupts quarterbacks. He still hits the running backs. He still plays good football. Um, I like Michael Brockers. I, I think he's a, he's a hell of a player. And I think he doesn't get enough credit um, for for all the hard work that he's putting in on that line. And he's still making plays, and he's still batting down balls, and he's still hitting quarterbacks. He's still stopping the running back running backs. I mean, it's a big deal. And and uh, at the end of the day, Michael Brockers, he's going to be a, a huge X factor going into this game. So. Oh yeah, I agree hundred percent. Now, um, one guy that we don't hear very much of offensively. Um, you know, and I, I've gone through three defensive players so far. Offensively, Jared Goff has another weapon. Mm, talking to tight end over no, there. We, we don't hear about Tyler Higby. Not often, but he has been a factor in the second half of the season. Yep, second half of the season. And in this playoff, Tyler Higby has made some, some pretty crucial plays um, when it comes to third down conversions. He's made some crucial plays in the red zone. He's gotten in the end zone. Um, is he putting up hundreds and hundreds of yards? No, but he is big bodied, and the Patriots don't don't have the same uh, support to de- defend a big body guy the way the Rams do. Yep. The Rams have two really great safeties. They have two of the best safeties in the league. That's something we we don't even think about. The Rams have two of the best safeties in the league, hands down. Um, the Patriots, on the other hand, they do not have two of the best safeties in the league. The Patriots, if anything, are hurting at safety. Mm-hmm. And and if you look at who they're going to be matched up with, and one of the guys, and the, and the Patriots, they, they've got some decent linebackers. Do they have great linebackers? No. Um, Van Noy is more of a coverage linebacker, so if they do stick him on Higby, it could get interesting. But if Higby goes on those deep routes, I don't know that the safeties of the New England Patriots can keep up with a guy like Tyler Higby um, running down those those uh, deep routes. And I think Tyler Higby is, a, is going to be a big bulldozer if he gets a hold of the ball, and he's going to plow over one of those safeties and, and make him eat it. Yeah. So, I mean, Tyler Higby, whether we, we believe it or not, he becomes a, a huge factor for Jared Goff. He becomes a safety valve for Jared Goff. He's going to open some interesting little situations up. Um, and he could very well become one of those those kind of kind of one of those heroes of the Super Bowl um, that we often hear about, like like your boy a few years back. Um, we, we could we could be talking about it. So mm-hmm. it, it's going to get interesting. And last but not least. Um, a gentleman that got away with murder. <laughs> uh, we know it. He's a murderer. Saints' favorite player. And the Saints' favorite player, Nickel Roby Coleman. Um, Roby Coleman's a good corner. 
And he's a very he made a very bad play that he got away with, but yeah, he he's got a away very with. good corner. But he's still a very good corner, yes. And and Nickel Roby Coleman, he, he's technically their number three corner, which is which is crazy to me because he's really really good. Um, he knew he got beat. He's a very honest guy. He said, "Yeah, I got beat," and and I was surprised he got away with the t- penalty. I committed a penalty, and he he knew he did. He called himself out. He said, "Yeah, I committed a penalty." Um, Roby Coleman. Uh, he's not going to be matched up against anybody spectacular. The interesting thing about Nickel Roby Coleman is that um, he's a physical contender. That's a guy that could deal with Richardson. That's that's the crazy part is I think he's more able to deal with somebody like Richardson than, you know, uh, uh, friggin' um, Marcus Peters. Yeah. I, I think he's more equipped to do it as a corner. But at the end, I mean, he could wind up being a factor. It really depends on how he defends at the end of the day. And he could very well be the guy matched up in the slot. He could be the guy matched up against Gronkowski, which might not be a bad thing uh, if you look at it. it, it that'd, be, that'd be an interesting matchup to watch. Mm-hmm. With the, the physicality of both those players, the tackling of Roby Coleman, how hard he hits. I mean, we saw how hard he hit. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a hard-hitting guy. So he becomes a factor at that point. Um, I like Nickel Roby Coleman. I think he'll he'll be a a, a huge factor going into this game. And, and like I said, it just depends on how he plays and when, what he does, and if he's going to draw pass interference or if he's not, or you know, if he if he hits a guy before the ball gets there or whatever the case may be, and or if he's going to be physical with a guy like Gronkowski, if they're going to line him up in the slot, we don't know. But he could be a factor in this game, and that's why he's my number one. I think he's going to be a bigger factor than we we believe he's going to be, and that. It was Freytown's Forgotten Five. See, it wasn't that hard. Um, it was difficult. It was very, very difficult. I really had to look. I really had to go through and look. Uh, one guy that, that almost made my list, and I'll call him an honorable mention, was Dante Fowler. Um, I thought about putting Fowler on the list uh, because he's made an immediate impact with the Rams. Um, yeah. he, he's also going to be a, a big factor. They're still going to have to block him. We can't forget. They're still going to have to block him. Um, from from hitting Tom Brady, and Fowler could also come in handy on uh, short routes with Gronk as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it gets interesting. It gets interesting. Fowler, I think, is going to be a big factor because he's going to have big guys in the backfield. He's he's going to be <coughs> responsible for hitting Sony Michelle, and he's going to be responsible for hitting James White. And yeah. if he can if he can close on those open field tackles, which we know Fowler's good at, mm-hmm. he winds up being a factor as well. So I mean, this it it gets interesting. Every t- both teams have their pluses and minuses. I'm excited for the Super Bowl, but I'm still going with the Rams. I'm rooting for the Rams, um, and I'm, I'm going to say, Tyler, if, if the Rams win, I'm going to, I'm just, you're, we're going to go on the year, and I'm going to say you were right, and and um, <laughs> so close. Yeah, we're one so game close. away. It's it's like a, it's like that trophy there that's waiting for you. But uh, with that, Tyler, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with some news around the league. We got some signings going on. We got some uh, interesting storylines. We got some offensive coordinators getting signed. So uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. We'll hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. 
Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Oh. Still sick, but I'm here. Yeah, well, you actually remembered to, to bring it in this time. <laughs> uh, last show, you missed it two times. Forgetful there. Yeah. Take your forgetful five to, <laughs> to the extreme. <laughs> and uh, I am his uh, esteemed colleague, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Boo. Yeah, he, he boos me too. That's okay. Um... So, Tyler, we got some news around the league. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 you know, around the league, I'm going to start off with, with the Super Bowl teams because we got some, we still have more to report on with the Super Bowl teams. Weren't you going to call it the NFL for their, their mislabeling of stats? Yeah, yeah, well. Something that I have to notice during the commercial oh break. Oh, my Lord. So, the, the NFL has been sitting around saying that we're, you know, the, the in NFC and AFC championship game, it's the top four offenses. Well, that's actually not true. No. Um, Saints was number nine. Uh, the Patriots were number five, right? And and then you got the Rams and the Chiefs, who, who were, were one, one and two. two. Um, so the NFL is full of crap, and they were lying to everybody, and everybody bought into it, including us, for a couple weeks until we noticed this week. Hey, now if it, if it was the other way around, it was Saints and Patriots other than one and two. They probably would have said, "Oh, it's, it's the number one, number two offenses are, are in the championship yeah, right, games." Right, right, right. They didn't want they wanted they, to, they wanted to give their uh, veteran quarterbacks their little pat in the back. Yeah, and and uh, they they wrongfully did it. They wrongfully reported it, and it was nonsense. Yeah, they, so, they duped us. But uh, speaking of of giving people pats on the back, um, Robert Kraft he he appears to be open to extending Tom Brady's contract. God, I hope not. God, I hope but not. at the end of the day. If Brady, if you're the owner of the Patriots and, and Brady wants to keep playing, you're you going to keep play. playing. You let him play until he doesn't have anything left. I mean, that's that's what it is for Robert Kraft. Um, Plus, you you got and, and you get him at a very cheap dollar too because he doesn't charge much because I mean he's not the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, I just he doesn't need it. the money. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, We've also got, but we we do have guys now. Tom Brady has flat out said that there is zero chance I will retire after this Super Bowl. Um, so so that's probably why Robert Kraft is is okay with it. But um, Devin McCourty, Rob Gronkowski, they they might retire if the Patriots win on Sunday. Now Gronk said it's the last thing on his mind. And and I can see why it would be the last thing on your his mind. His play's been coming down the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I can see why it's the last thing on your mind going into the Super Bowl. At the same time, I'm I'm sitting here like, you know, this could happen. This could be a thing. It could. And Gronkowski, even though he's 30 years old, he's only 30, his his play has declined significantly. His health has declined significantly. He had an interview with... with uh, um, He's had an interview with with uh, uh, several news outlets, basically saying, you know, yeah, football has taken a toll on my body, and I'm banged up, and you know, I, I think we might see the last of Gronk. You could see both the number one and number two tight ends retiring there. Yeah, because Dwayne because Dwayne Allen's older than Gronk. Yep, yep, and he might very well be retiring. So I mean, I it's 
things get interesting for old Tommy Brady. He's going to have to find a new way to win. And in the meantime, you got Nickel Roby Coleman, obviously my number one for my forgotten five, saying that age has taken its toll on Tom Brady, and, and it's starting to, I think. It's I, starting to, but, yeah. but it doesn't seem like it's for long. Most of the season, yes, I agree, but yeah, when... And for a small stretch of games, um, Brady's realized he needs to hone it in and get it done. That's what he's that's what he's been doing. He's he's brought it together, um, and and it is that is something that that is absolutely right. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, really, I mean, I, I think that the age is starting to cause Brady to decline a little bit. And I don't think he's the same Tom Brady that we've seen over the last several years. Um, has he been good? Sure. Has he been the Tom Brady that we know? No, no, he's not. And and he's not the same player. Um, I would agree with Roby Coleman that age is starting to really, really take its toll on on old Tommy Brady there. And uh, now with the Rams, we got other news. Um, so Brandon Cooks, who claims that he intentionally dropped a pass to get Greg Zerline the best possible kick placement um, because of the fact that in that NFC title game, the, the kick that initially wound up winning the game, that big 57-yarder. Um, rumors started swirling that Brandon Cooks may very well be traded um, by the Rams. Sean McVay comes out and says, we are not interested in trading Brandon Cooks. Um, I am completely on board with McVay here. I am, yeah, no, I am not interested in trading he's, Brandon He's still Cooks. one of the best receivers. You've got to keep him. Yeah, I think that, that that trifecta there of Cooks, Cup, and Woods um, really makes uh, for a, a fun time. You oh, know, yeah, it's, mean, a, it's, it, a, it's it, a great combo yeah. there. And plus with Higby, I'm starting to get in the mix. Yeah, Higby is, has been a, a little bit of a, a silent partner in the, the whole thing. Um, they, they've got a good receiving core there, and it's, it's making for a, a fun time. Uh, I like it. I, I, I hate it, but at the same time, I like it. Um, it makes for like a greatest show on turf type of thing, but I also hate it because it's not with the Minnesota Vikings. So I kind of hate it. <laughs> you know, but in any case, um, they're not going to be training Brandon Cooks. Thank God. That would be Brandon Cooks, what, third team that he's been on? He was with the Saints, he's with the Patriots, and now he's with, with the Rams. So uh, Brandon Cooks, he's, he's got a home there in L.A. Um, one guy that will also have a home – Moving into uh, the next season, the Packers are set to bring back Jimmy Graham. It's um, a waste. Yeah, I think it's a waste. I, I don't. Think I mean, Jimmy Graham's great, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't know how to utilize a tight end. Jimmy Graham hasn't been the same guy since he left New Orleans because he hasn't been on a team that knows how to use like, yeah. a tight end. And that's it. Because um, I'm sorry, you, you give him the breeze, and he's a 1400 yard guy. Absolutely. He was. He remember. He was one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. At one point, um, and, and he wasn't even a receiver. He was a tight end. They tried to remember. They tried to do the offensive weapon thing for him. Yeah, and then we wanted a new contract. He wanted to get paid like a receiver, not a tight end. Yeah, and and because he was being used as a receiver. I mean, he had he had a hell of a year over there with with the Saints, and they wound up trading for Max Unger. He goes to Seattle. He he stinks in in Seattle. Um, stinks worse than I stink after the gym. And then he goes over to the Packers, and he's very iffy with the Packers, too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like using his tight ends. He likes throwing the ball downfield to receivers, and they like using uh, uh, tight ends in that blocking type of fashion. Um, I'm giving Graham, I don't want to go back to Green Bay. I want to go yeah. to the Browns, who yeah, know how to use tight ends. Exactly. You, you want to go somewhere that, that is going to be able to utilize 
a tight end effectively, you're going to want to go to the Niners or you're going to want to go to the Browns or you're going well, to. Well, they got they got they got our boy George, yeah, Kittle. George Kittle over there, you know. But he, they're going to want to go to the. He's going to want to go to the Ravens. He's going to want to go, want to, go to a place that utilizes a tight end and uses him effectively, particularly in the red zone. Um, Jimmy Graham just hasn't been given a fair shake since he left New Orleans, and and uh, you know, like you said, if I'm Jimmy Graham, I want to get the hell out of Green Bay. At this point, he I should have. I mean, going to Seattle is not his fault, but he should have known better going to Green Bay to begin with. You're right, and and I think that that was just a waste of a, a contract. It was a waste of his time. It didn't get him any closer to where he wanted to be with the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I just feel like it's a waste of time for for him. Um, another guy that's probably wasting his time. Um, Patrick Peterson comes out and says, "I am here to stay with the Arizona Cardinals." Now, here's what I'm getting with Patrick P. Um, at this point. I don't blame him for, you know what, I'm this close, I'm going to finish my career with one team. I, that I get. Well, he's not, I mean, he's not even in a, in a time where his career is coming to an end, though. we got to understand, this guy's 30 years old. I mean, he, so he's got two years left on his deal. He'll be 32 by the time his, his career or his contract is up. He's going to go to free agency. If he sticks around with Arizona, I'll be amazed. I will. There's so many other teams that could utilize a great corner. He, and he's still one of the top five corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in his prime. Uh, even with him getting ready to exit his prime at age 32, I think he's going to garner a big money deal, uh, an even bigger money deal than he did in Arizona. I feel like Arizona he is a place where he is at right now that is nowhere near to a Super Bowl title. Um, the, the running back over there, or I'm sorry, the quarterback over there, Rosen, he needs a lot of work. The, the wide receivers over there. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is aging. They, beyond that, they don't really have much of anything over there other than maybe Christian Kirk. I mean, there's, there's nothing to really look forward to in Arizona right now. Uh, David Johnson has declined. They have no defense other than Patrick Peterson. I mean, it's, it, they need some work, man. And right now I'm not buying the Arizona Cardinals, not one bit. And, um, Patrick Peterson is going to, going to, He's going to get a big extension once his contract expires, but I'm surprised that he's, you know, early in the season he requested, I want to be traded. You know, now he's he's kind of reneged on the whole thing um, since he made that request. So who knows what he's going to do, and who knows what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do with him. Who knows? I mean, they could go into, they can go into free agency and trade the guy. We don't they know. Could. It's a possibility. New league year starts, and they could send him out the door. So, I mean, that could be a thing, but Patrick Peterson says he's here to stay with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, um, a guy that is uh, not here to stay with his team, um, we're talking about uh, Anthony Barr. Uh, He says he's going to test free agency, which, I mean, really, I'm not upset about it. I'm really not. I mean, the the Vikings have said, um, you know, we, we don't have the cap space to sign him. Um, Barr has been underperforming for the last two years. Um, he, he didn't really play well last season. He didn't really play well this season. Was getting torched on, on uh, different routes. Can't cover. Um, he's only good for rushing the quarterback. Uh, he screwed us early on, and he came on late. I'll give it to him. He came on late for the last six games or so. But realistically, Anthony Barr is not worth the $12 million cap hit. He's not worth the $12 million a year that, that he's asking. Um, the Vikings would, would be better suited letting him walk, going into the draft, and getting themselves an outside linebacker in the draft. And and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. I just thought of something. What's that? The Vikings missed the playoffs by half a game, and oh they gosh. lost the Bills. Yeah. You lose. You beat the Bills. 
and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and that's early game, something you can blame Anthony Barr on. That, that was a bad game for Anthony Barr. Yeah, he got he got hurtled. He he got I mean, he had receivers out matching him. He had and Josh Allen plowing him over. Anthony Barr was awful. He was mm-hmm. absolutely awful. So I mean, really, am I am I sold on Anthony Barr? No. Do I think Anthony Barr should be coming to this back to this team? Maybe for six million a year. But I'm not giving him any more than that. Anthony Barr should be making half of what he's asking. I think the guy's a nut job and, and somebody's gonna give him the twelve. Somebody's going to give him the 12 just like somebody's going to give Nick Foles a $25 million. You know it as well as I do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, is Anthony Barr great? No. Is he good? Eh, he's, yeah, he's nearing good. Is he, is he a decent linebacker? Yeah. Is he worth $12 million? Absolutely not. And, and um, you know, when he goes, he goes. I hope the Vikings go out and they, they pick up like a guy like a Montez Sweat or, or a Devin Bush. I'll be happy with that. Somebody they can actually cover. Um, but realistically... You know, Anthony Barr, he's he's let him test free agency. Let him go out there and, and let him go and get paid. Let the guy test it out. Um, a guy that will be testing free agency but does have his eye on a specific team, uh, Deshaun Jackson. He says he wants to play for the Rams. He's gonna, he, he said he was going to test out free agency a few weeks ago. He's going to leave the Bucs. He didn't want we had The Bucs had no plans to have him back. Um, he says he wants to play for the Rams. Is there room on the Rams? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't think there's room on the Rams. I don't think that. And the thing is, Deshaun Jackson, we know he's a spotlight guy. We, we know he likes that flash and flare, and he likes everybody looking at him, and, and that's all well and good. Is there room on the Rams? I don't, I don't think, think so. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. I don't think so. Um, he's, he's, you know, and, and honestly, I don't think he would be a good fit for the Rams, to be perfectly honest with you. The only, only way he goes to the Rams is if they. Trade Brandon Cooks. Trade Brandon Cooks, which that's is what they're not happen. doing. Um, that's not going to happen. Deshaun Jackson, I don't think he would be happy with the Rams. I think he's going to go over there. And I don't think he'll get a starting position like he wants. He'll probably, be, if he does sign with him, it'll be a four year, uh, number four receiver. And they'll be laughing at him. They'll, they'll be like, you're not our number one guy. You're not even our number two guy. You're, Come you're going. to Baltimore. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably go to a place like Baltimore. He wants to go to a place that, that's a contender. That's what he wants. And and. When he went to, to Tampa, they kind of looked like a contender. It was looking like they were going to they were Top going three places. offense. Yep, they were going places, and it just fell apart from there. So I, you never really know. Um, Deshaun, is, is, he's a spotlight guy, though, and when he doesn't get that spotlight, you know as well as I do that he's going to be unhappy with the Rams. So I don't think he's actually going to go there. I think he's going to be, you know, uh, that one's going to kind of be up in the air. Now, um, we did hear about one guy that his future is up in the air. Um, Alex Smith, he's he's expected to miss all of 2019 with that, that mangled leg injury. I think he's played his last game. Yeah, that's what I think. I think his career is over. I think and, he's 35 years old as is. Yep. He made he made over $100 million in this league. I think he, he's had a hell of a career. He's a damn good quarterback. He became a damn good quarterback. He wasn't real good in, in San Fran. He became a good quarterback over in, with the Chiefs, and he became a good quarterback. He, he was actually, the few games he did play with the, the Redskins, he was great. He was a good quarterback. Oh, yeah, they, they were well on their way to the playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, I like Alex Smith a lot. He's, he's a, a good quarterback. I, I hope that he heals up, but he is expected to miss all of next season. And I, I think, like you said, I think he's done. I think he's, he's played his last game. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think he's going to hang it up at the end of this whole thing when, when he realizes that, um, you know, this isn't a good idea. Rehab's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Uh, One guy that also might retire is Chris Long. He's been around a while. 33 years old. He's with the Eagles. He's still got all, I mean, he's 
He's got a lot of tread on the tires. Um, the Eagles, he's, he's contemplating coming back for a couple more years. He's signing a new contract with the Eagles. He's also contemplating retirement, but he is contemplating retirement. Chris Long could go out the door. I won't miss him. I hate the Eagles. So, I mean, if the Eagles go out the door, eh, okay, no problem, you know. But uh, Chris Long may very well retire. It would be a huge hit to the Eagles, I think. Huge hit. He's he's one of those those kind of heart and soul captain kind of guys. Um, and uh, it's Howie Long's kid, isn't it, Chris Long? Mm, I think so. I think it's Howie Long's kid, one of Howie Long's two football-playing sons. So, uh, and, and they, they, well, the Long brothers played each other. With Chris and Kyle. Yeah, so they, they did play each other, and those are Howie Long's kids. So, yeah, those are the two. Um, now, an offensive guard that is not even close to retirement, in fact, got uh, re-signed. We, had, we actually had two offensive linemen get, getting signed. First and foremost, we're, we're talking about the Colts. They signed Mark Lewinsky to a three-year, $18 million contract. Uh, gives him $6 million per year. I love this signing. The uh, the the Colts offensive line has been great this year. Glowinski earned every cent. Um, I mean, him and Quentin Nelson were fantastic together. I liked this signing. I thought it was great. Both those guards were were good for that team. Marlon Mack, he had a hell of a year. Um, they blocked well for him, and they protected Andrew Luck like they were supposed to. Yep. So I mean, Glowinski earned every every cent of that that extension. Three years. He's going to get a good payout. Good eighteen million dollar payout. He's got a lot of tread on the tires still. This is a smart signing by by uh, the the Colts here. They're they're gonna have a, a they're they're establishing a long term organization. Um, another guy that they re signed was Adam Vinatieri. He's coming back to the Colts on a one year deal next year, um, which makes for I mean ageless wonder. Yeah, the man keeps kicking accurately. You gotta love that. And then um, we had some uh, talking in uh, Bears land there. The Bears uh, re-signed Bobby Massey to a four-year extension. It's just over $8 million per year. They haven't specified an exact amount, but we're talking about 33 to possibly $34 million a year. Um, Bobby Massey, uh, he's, he's one of the top offensive tackles in the league. He's definitely the top offensive tackle on that team, um, and he's going to be he's a difference maker. He's, oh yeah, he's a huge difference maker, and, and that's a, that's a good resigning. You got to keep your young quarterback safe. Yeah, and it's a good. It's not only a good resigning. I think for the price, it was a really good resigning. Eight million dollars a year, even though it is up there for an offensive tackle. Same time, as good as Bobby Massey is, I mean, this is a good signing. You you actually really got an All Pro offensive tackle for cheap. Mm. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, Bobby oh, Massey, yeah. you got him for cheap. Um, so uh, that that was uh, really fantastic. Now <laughs> the other news is that. The Bears uh, territory, so they go out and they work out guys like Nick Folk. Um, they they work out all these guys, but then they wind up signing kicker uh, Redford John. I think it's John esque um, to take on uh, compete with Cody Parkey for the Bears starting kicking position. Parkey's I, done. I, I think Parkey's done. I, I think he's I think he's kicked his last <laughs> field goals or or hit his last posts in Chicago. There, um, it. it Cody Parkey had such a bad year. I don't blame the Bears for for going out and testing other kickers. Um, I would be too at this point, this stage of the game. I mean, I would be. So uh, Cody Parkey is is probably going out the door. But they did they did get another kicker there to compete with him. So we'll see what happens. I mean, sometimes it winds up working out. You know, you bring in another kicker to to challenge a guy, and and you know the incumbent does the job. So I mean, but most of the time, most of the time it's a replacement. So uh, that is a thing. Now, um, one thing that we did want to point out: the rookie of the year did get uh, did get uh, uh, named. Saquon Barkley was named the 2018 rookie of the year. 
Um, we were talking about this before the uh, the show went on the air. It was like a two horse show there. You know, you got, even Mayfield, my opinion. Yeah, and and I kind of agree with you there. I I believe that um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, I was surprised that it wasn't Mayfield to be honest with you, but at the same time, Saquon had such a good year all year. That that I think he he kind of inched out Mayfield there, and I'm I'm going to say inched out because Mayfield was so impactful and he was so good, so you can't really say that Mayfield wasn't. I mean, it was it was tight, it was a close. Oh yeah. Game. So I mean, and that's very interesting. Now the coaching carousel also continued uh, throughout the the league. Here we had some moves, so we know that the Cowboys they went out and they they fired Scott Linehan from as the offensive coordinator. Um, why I don't understand. Um, because they they actually had a pretty good offense all year. Um, instead, they're they're bringing in the former Detroit Lions backup quarterback Kellen Moore, who was already the the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, and and John Kitna is now the new quarterbacks coach for the Cowboys. So I mean, it's like the land of dead quarterbacks over there in, well, in Dallas. I mean, that old saying: "Those who can't do teach." I, I guess. I mean, obviously they saw something in Kellen Moore being the uh, quarterback's coach this season and last season. Mm -hmm. They said, okay, he can run a team. They, they, they must have saw something. Yeah, Kellen Moore, um, it, it's, it makes for a weird thing because Kellen Moore, I mean, he didn't really take off in the NFL like everybody expected him to. We got to understand, I think Kellen Moore was from Boise State. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't. I, I actually was at a game where, where I, got to, I got watched him live. Uh, he's a good player. He was a good uh, player in college. They played Toledo once when, we, when they were drunk. And, oh. <laughs> uh, the college games get really drunk and stupid. Um, yeah. And uh, right by where we were at, um, a bunch of drunk uh, guys kept yelling out during pregame going, Kellen Moore's mom's a whore. Oh, and, man. And the center at one point turned around and goes, hey, she's a nice lady. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was hilarious. Now, Kellen Moore, um, you know, he, he just didn't take off in the NFL. We, we know John Kitna. I mean, he's another guy that just really honestly didn't take off in the NFL. He had some... Some strange moments in the NFL where, where it was like, why? how is John Kitna performing at a high level at this point in time? He was like Hasselbeck for a long time. He right. Just, he just stuck around and he would play these these weirdly high this weirdly high level for these obscure games. and Kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's like, well, what the hell is going on with John Kitna right now? Um, so Kitna takes over as the quarterback's coach. I actually like the signing as far as Kitna being the quarterback's coach. Um, Kitna, even though he wasn't the greatest quarterback in the world, um, I think he understands the position enough. He's been around for long enough. I would hope he would understand the position. And I, I think Kellen Moore is a good mind for the game. I think Kellen Moore does. The big thing about Kellen Moore, like I said, he just didn't take off in the NFL. we got to see if he can become a great offensive coordinator. He's got some big shoes to fill, to be honest with you, because Scott Linehan, he's not a bad OC. And Scott Linehan was, I mean, even though he was a crappy head coach with Detroit, at the same time, he's always been a good coordinator offensively. If... The Cowboys have a top ten offense the next two seasons. Kellen Moore will be a head coach in, in year three. I think so. I mean, uh, that's the thing. He, they could be they could be looking at another big name head coach. But like I said, it's like the land of dead quarterbacks over there in, in Dallas. I mean, you got Jason Garrett, former quarterback, crappy career. Kellen Moore, former quarterback, crappy NFL career. Well, really, no start to yeah, NFL no start to any. He got he got picked up as a backup. Mm -hmm. John Kitna. We we know how John Kitna is. John mm -hmm. Kitna is like Orlovsky. You know, he just he just shows up every now and then. So well, John, can, no, Kitna can actually play though. Yeah, I guess. But uh, John Kitna, kind of an unsuccessful career. Eh, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, the the dead quarterbacks league over there. Um, now, Kevin O'Connell. Speaking of of uh, 
passing anyway. Kevin O'Connell comes out and uh, he is the new passing game coordinator. Well, he he was the passing game coordinator for the Redskins, and now he's the new offensive coordinator for the Redskins. Um, kind of a weird thing. Um, Kevin O'Connell winds up taking over an offense that was, to me, it was fine. I I don't know why you need to do that at all. Your 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 offense was fine. I mean, you just had backups in there that didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah, they got they got injury plagued. Yeah. Um, and, and Josh Johnson. That's that's the guy that, that lit you up like the 4th of July, or that got you lit up like the 4th of July, and, and he just was not playing good ball. He was a third-string quarterback. You can't be angry at your quarterback's coach, or, no. or your, your offensive coordinator, rather. You can't be you can't be angry at him. Josh Johnson was just not a good quarterback. He's a third-stringer, and it showed. So, I mean, can't really be angry at him. And then last but not least, Redskins did do make a good signing. They went and got best good coaching old, signing of the offseason. Rob so far. Ryan. Rob Ryan to be their new linebackers. Yeah, coach. Not, not, not your OC. You got Rob Ryan to come in as a as a positions coach. Yeah. Holy hell, how'd you pull that one yeah, off? Yeah, that's the question of the day. They get Rob Ryan to come in and he takes over as a positional coach, and Rob Ryan's gonna be able to stand back and look at just one position. Now that's terrifying. The fact that Rob Ryan is going to be able to stand there and focus his his attention on one thing as opposed to an entire defense should be horrifying to any team that goes up against them in the NFC. I can't help but feel like this is more of a Rob Ryan move. But it's possible. This is his way of getting like, yeah, look what I just did. Now I want to I want to be the the top the top DC in this league again. Mm-hmm. And and Rob Ryan he he's a good defense coordinator. The whole the whole Ryan family is it's filled. With good defensive-minded yeah. oh, coaches, yeah. so I mean, I love this signing. Um, I, I think it, Washington's brilliant for making it happen, and uh, man, I, I hope that they they their linebackers are just top-notch this year. I really do, and I think they're going to have a, a good return on this investment uh, moving forward. If, if Rob Ryan does what Rob Ryan does, yeah, baby, they're going to have a lot of fun there in Washington defensively. Could, could be good. Yeah, it could. I think be, it will be. It could be very fun. And uh, with that, Tyler, a very short episode today, but uh, there's just not a lot going on. It's yeah, Super it, Bowl it, week. It went longer than I expected to, yeah. but no, it's been a short week. But it's Super Bowl week, it's man. It's Super Bowl week, and uh, go Rams. Yeah, go Rams. We want the Rams to take this one. Away. Nobody wants the Patriots. It's like everybody hates the Patriots, other than people from Boston. And Michigan. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I hate those dumb people. Michigan bandwagon fans. Oh, Tom Brady. You played at the University of Michigan. Look, any other time you would be rooting for the Lions, and, and you just see Tom Brady, and you just hop right on that bandwagon, all proud of yourselves. Oh, Tom Brady, you're a Patriots fan now. <laughs> I mean, no, I, mean I, I want former um, um, MSU quarterbacks to do well, but I'm not hopping hop on the bandwagon. No, I want I him mean, to do well. I really but... want a Kirk Cousins to do great, but now I want him to just shit the bed just because he's Vikings. <laughs> you're a dick. No, I mean, we, we want, you want to see the alum do well. At the same time, you know, when you see those, those guys that get drafted, you, you want to see them successful, but at the same time, Man, if I see, for example, um, uh, if Tom Brady was, if if it was Tom Brady over there, you know, did I want to see Tom Brady successful? Sure. Did I want Tom Brady to tear my team up? No. Do I want the Patriots to win Super Bowls? No. And then I stopped liking Tom Brady because he became a cheating piece of garbage. Really? Like I'd be curious to see um all these Lions fans would they would they uh want Brady to beat the Lions if it was Patriots right. Lions Super Bowl? I mean, right. 
I mean, that's that's just what it is. You got so many Lions fans that disappeared from it. They jumped on that Patriots bold wagon. But and, I, and, I, and I can see it because the Lions have not been great. They, 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 they've been rough. They've been tough to cheer for. But the, you don't abandon your team. No, I agree. You don't abandon your team. That's just what it is. Like, like I mean, you you don't see you know people like like going crazy over Russell Wilson over there in Seattle just because he went to college wherever he did. No. You didn't see Baylor fans suddenly becoming, you know, huge Washington Redskins fans because RG3 went over there. No, you didn't see that. Well, we also don't know that because, I mean, this is where we're at. So well, it's, that's a, it's just, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. It just doesn't happen that way. Oh, this player went here and now I'm I'm switching teams. Like, it just doesn't happen. You don't abandon your team. And those people that do abandon their team when, when players like that get drafted, they're the worst type of fan. They're the worst type of fan. I wouldn't want them in my fan base if I was an owner. I can see I, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them in my fan base. But anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Um, special thanks to our sponsor, It's Your Time Massage over there. Uh, Amanda does an amazing job. You should check her out at iytmassage.com. You can always check it out also on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage, LLC. Uh, Amanda is an amazing massage therapist. We're trying to get Tyler in for a massage. He hasn't been in for a while. I've been harassing him for a couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, he, he needs one. He's stressed out and irritable. And it, it would be funny if he got a massage now because when you get the massages, all the all the snot kind of runs out of your nose a little bit. And uh, I think there's enough in there to – You'd be cleaning up that, that yeah. the, the, the bed there for, yeah, for days. The floor snot all over the place. It would be gross. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, folks, thank you so much for listening to uh, the Outside Blitz. And uh, next week, Tyler will recap the Super Bowl. We'll see what, what kind of news we can dig up. And then uh, we'll be going two weeks after that, right up until free agency. Free agency, I believe, starts on March 7th. Usually it's the – it's a Thursday normally, but uh, free agency will be will be starting here in March, and and we'll be covering that for a couple of weeks. And and uh, I know we probably won't take uh, a two week break for that, because you know there's going to be signing after signing after signing after signing. We're going to have a ton of them to go over. So, um, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you when we will hear from you next week or right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.